0: Welcome to the KBQ Review Podcast. I'm Andy Davis and this is episode 7 of season 10. And this week we're talking all about the communication retailers get from their suppliers. Clearly, as you all know, this was a massive issue during COVID and the supply problems that that accompanied the huge boom in business there. But how has it changed? Is this the new normal? Has it got better or worse since? And what exactly is good communication anyway? And how does the traditional role of the rep fit into all this? What exactly do retailers want from those hard-working men and women who are the face of the brand? We've got two great retailers who are also friends of the show. We have Nathan Dameral from KF Kitchens in Plymouth and Phil Beechinor from Alexander's in Worthing. The first... What is the current health of the independent kitchen and bathroom retail market? How confident are you retailers about the future of your business? What do you think about the biggest topical issues such as installation or indeed the service you get from your suppliers as we're talking about today? We're asking all these questions and more in the KBB Review Retailer Survey 2024. So if you're an independent retailer, watch out in your inbox for an email inviting you to take part or simply go to kbbreview.com forward slash survey 24 and click on the link. It really will only take a few minutes, and to say thank you for your time, every retailer who completes the form will be entered into a big prize draw, where you could win £500 of vouchers for a holiday, a brand new iPad, or one of 10 £20 Amazon vouchers, all perfect just in time for Christmas. It is all courtesy of Hetick, our research partner for 2024, so a huge thanks to them for all their support. That's kbbreview.com forward slash survey24, and you can find that link in the episode description. Okay, so let's meet our very special guest. We have Nathan Damerill from KF Kitchens in Plymouth. Hello, Nathan. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time as always. And we have Phil Beechnaut from Alexander's in Worthing. Hello, Phil. Hello, Andrew. Hello, sir. Thank you to you. For those uh, for those who don't know you, Nathan, or haven't heard one of the other episodes you've been on, give us a 10-second overview of KF Kitchens.
1: KF Kitchens, we are a kitchen retailer in Plymouth. We supply fitted kitchens, no bathrooms, no bedrooms anymore. We specialise in kitchens and appliances. Fantastic. And how about you, Phil? What's the brief on Alexander's?
2: We're an independent retailer based on the south coast. We have another showroom in Caution. We sell pictures, bathrooms, and bedrooms. We also have a compact division, just and kitchen.
0: Fantastic! A couple of examples of really top-notch independent retailers. So, Phil, let's start with you because this is kind of all your fault.
2: Thank you. Yes.
0: Um, <laughs> Because this is all triggered in part by a piece you wrote for KBB Review on communication from suppliers. And the basic thrust of it was, I suppose, that it's changed a lot since COVID and not necessarily always for the better. So talk us through your thoughts on it.
2: It was really just a a summary of how things have gone over the last two or three years and the, the roles of the representatives from manufacturers how we gather information, how it's changed, how we've embraced technology, how some people have got slightly lazy just using technology. So it was just my, given my experiences as a kitchen, bathroom, bedroom retailer, we have a lot of manufacturers, some we spend a lot of money with, some not quite so much. So obviously our level of importance differs from manufacturer to manufacturer. And anyone who read it will see, you know, what I thought. So let's
0: delve into this a little bit because as you say it's it's much more of a mixed picture than just saying all all supplier communication is bad. Right? Absolutely it's more of a mixed view on that. And I think you're right since covid the discovery of of electronic communication as if that was a brand new thing in 2022 has been the big difference because you said there's some have been a bit lazy. Talk us through some of the negative side of it and then we'll move on to the positives in a minute.
2: So negative is I'm i I'm a busy chat. I get probably in excess of a hundred emails a day, varying from my own people through to customers and, and manufacturers. And being M D it's very easy to CC me into all sorts of things. But sometimes you will just get bombarded with manufacturers just giving you newsletters, letters, information about pricing freezes, a new brand, new product. And some of that, I think, is more significant that should be delivered, maybe in person, or or draw my attention to it, because I can just scan an email or scan all my emails and not really realise the significance of them.
1: What do you think, Nathan? Is this ringing some bells with you? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be interested, Phil's views on that change since before COVID, because I think the problems that COVID or that not even necessarily just COVID, but the period of Brexit, COVID, supply issues that everybody faced. I think as an industry, we were all faced with problems that had never been as severe before, I think. I don't I don't think any of us encountered supply issues. And that's from a manufacturer and retailer perspective. Before that period, I think it was done more on an ad hoc basis. And then I think retailers out there ask for more information. It's kind of a, a double-edged sword, isn't it? We ask for more information. And then we get bombarded with all the information and then all of that information turning up is too much for us to really rationalize and work out what's important. There's been so many changes in the last three or four years in terms of how we get our product from our suppliers that we all need to find a new balance. Yeah, because I guess beforehand, back in the
0: day, I suppose as I describe it now, there would have been a very face-to-face relationship with a representative from that company, whatever their the job title may be. But we'll call them reps, even though I know they don't always like that. But everyone knows what we mean when we say that. Your relationship would have been with a person rather than with someone on the
1: end of an email necessarily. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think, I, but I, I think that's almost because we've had this avalanche tsunami of problems that acrosses the board 2019 we all know it supply issues might have been with regards to a particular sink or a particular oven or a particular dishwasher or or an accessory or whatever that kind of solitary component in the industry is and then what's happened since 2019 the problems have been multifaceted so it's not just been one manufacturer that's had a problem at any particular moment in time it's been multiple manufacturers at the same time. And because of that, they then have to try to get their information out. We have to try to absorb that information. And it's really difficult for them to do that. I also think that the role of, of reps has changed significantly since before the problem struck. I think, again, you're right. There was maybe... a a solitary problem that a rep might face about one of their problems. And once it then becomes across the board and every rep is in the same position, you don't have a particular rep saying I need to deal with my own problem because we are different to everybody else. They were all in the same boat. So, There was nobody better or worse. They were all having to do the same thing. So what do you think, Phil? Nathan's point there is that it's just the sheer amount, the sheer volume
0: of information that is coming from all of your suppliers because of all of these issues. That's the bit that's hard to manage and to deal with.
2: Absolutely. And that was one of the reasons I wrote that piece in your magazine, because... You will get put them comments, but well, I've giving you that information. And the other thing is, they're sending it to me. Should they not be sending it to the other sales staff? Let's just CC as many people in the same like to this generic communication. It's not necessarily personalised as specific to Alexandria um, or whoever they, they're sending it. They, obviously, we've got lots and lots of accounts of people, let's say, from kitchen manufacturers that we... Invest a lot of money with, and then you'll have you might just have the odds tax company, you spend a few quid here and there. So, I'm not expecting the same level of service from them. But you do think that the people that you know are your key suppliers should make the effort to come and see you, be more personalized. Literally, there's nothing better than sitting down, making time with people, and going through the product changes, the product offering, the price increases, discontinuation, and just getting an understanding. However, I also appreciate that. You can't do that for everybody. So I haven't got the, the answer here. I'm just telling you how it is from our perspective.
0: No, I think you're absolutely right, because I think this is, you know, to be the devil's advocate side of this conversation, I think, you know, all the problems that you're talking about, the suppliers are suffering from those problems too in terms of the information they're getting from their suppliers or from their logistics companies or whatever it is. Is it worth dividing this up into two separate bits of communication? Because I think one is as you call it, Phil, the generic information about the updates of what's happening out in the world kind of information. And then there's the other side, which is information about specific orders, specific projects, missing pieces, remedials, things that have been damaged. There's that kind of communication. Let's deal with that bit. Do you feel that that side of things that just basic information on what's available in stock and when it's going to be delivered is a big part of the problem? Phil?
2: It's getting better. It has been. And to be fair to the manufacturers or the suppliers, they've had their own internal issues as well. So they, they perhaps didn't have the information. We are finding because things are getting better, generally in the supply chain, because lead times have got back to nearly normal. They are starting to put the information through. We are getting that sort of information but what we're not getting is the problems that ad hoc price increases we're not getting the problems anymore that this has just been discontinued all of a sudden which we were getting two years ago we were just literally all sort of something and then say sorry kind or we bought it on them extended lead time but we can't tell you what it is and we just happen to pass that information to our clients and they believe we were probably very competent, because I think how can you not know when your oven's not coming. But equally, it wasn't just our industry. I mean, you couldn't find out when a car was coming. There was all sorts of problems that wasn't necessarily directed at this industry.
0: But I guess sometimes you want the communication that tells you they, they don't know what's going on, rather than just having no communication at all.
2: But I think they did, to a point, and then uh, you know, we, we know uh, uh, electronics was probably one of the, the bigger problems, and I don't think they knew. And then when the Ukraine kicked off as well and the other um, wiring in and things came and chips problems, there was always a problem. And then, I guess, if you were a, an obliged rep, why would you want to go into a showroom knowing that all you were going to do was get aggravation? So I think they didn't know what to say.
1: I saw a lot of reps that were dealing with massive, massive issues. And I think one of the points Phil's making is that the role of the rep has changed. It's not quite the same as it used to be. But when all of these problems come about, I mean, being a rep and a representative of a company that have major supply issues is pretty thankless task and my big fear when we came out of the supply problems in and out of the working from home and all of these things is the fear of losing good people from the industry because the task of being a re- the primary objective is to go out and sell product and to be a facilitator to retailers and to build relationships and build investments and really for the last four to five years it's been almost impossible for them to do because no sooner have you you built a relationship with somebody and begin to start developing we, we've got it with a number of manufacturers that we took on in 2019, 2020 I've had meetings since and we've almost kind of said that we really haven't done anything with it because we've all been firefighting and I'm not sure what it's like across the industry but I would imagine this, I, I was looking at it in the middle of it thinking, I don't think I'd like the task of being a rep.
2: You no, know, I, I agree. And I do know that many reps have, have left the industry. I mean, we deal with three key kitchen manufacturers. And I can tell you now that none of them have got the same rep prior to the pandemic. They've all changed their lives. They've moved on, gone, gone, gone into another industry, retired, whatever the justification may be. So we're having to build bridges with new people. And They've got their onboarding processes. They've tried to then get round to umpteen hundreds of, of retailers that they look after. And we, so we haven't seen, so one consumer manufacturer I've seen twice this year, another one I've seen once, another one I've seen about three or four times. So, whereas I was having every two months seeing people, although we were quite self sufficient, you're not seeing anyone nearly as much. Now, maybe, and Nathan, I'd be interested to see what he says about this, but. We are geographically a long way from a lot of the manufacturing. So um, it is to come right down to the South Coast and uh, it is on your way. Yeah. So that could be a backup, you know?
1: And it almost becomes self prophesizing, doesn't it? You end up with a really bad situation that, as inevitably happens, you end up with reps represent really good reps who have built relationships over multiple years with, with decent retailers who. In the past, they've always been able to solve problems, deal with issues. The the number of issues get that great for them. And then the number of retailers. And again, I certainly expect there to be problems. I expect there to be supply problems. I think that's part of our job. That's why the client ends up buying it through us as opposed to other other outlets, because we're experienced and we understand what happens in our industry. We're not oblivious to problems. But what happens is we've had reps in the past we've dealt with, we've built relationships with, they can facilitate. The problems become that mammoth and and everybody becomes as inefficient as the weakest link. And that involves retailers as well. There's a lot of retailers who don't organize and don't get themselves pre-organized for problems. That increases the workload on reps. Good reps then turn around and say, Listen, we've had enough. I'm going to retire. We don't need this because we can all only imagine the abuse that must have been taken in the midst of it. And then we end up the other side without the good people who we're going to have to. Everybody's going to have to start again. And I think the role of the rep is so important. Phil would probably agree with me, particularly with where we are. If you get a good representative of a company and you have a good relationship with them, that's two way. You can solve many of the problems. Many of the things are solved. And I think maybe that's where Phil's going with his article is that the role of reps has changed. It's now about sitting in an office. If it is about sitting in an office and just sending emails out and hiding, really, what we're talking about is hiding behind them. Saying, well, you should have known because we sent it. That doesn't bode well for a good relationship and and being able to solve the problems that we face. I think it's very interesting, this, because you've both been extremely pragmatic about your suppliers. I would have
0: wondered what, if we'd had this conversation in 2021, how pragmatic you would have been. But I think it's really interesting that you are seeing their point of view of how difficult things must be for them. I'm wondering how much part of this issue is about them perhaps not always understanding how your business works and how you like to receive information or how you deal with problems. Do you think that's part of it?
2: Possibly. Uh, the, the thing is, it's very difficult because with kitchens, Bathroom's Bedroom, there's a lot of suppliers, there's a lot of representatives, and some are, I've got reps that I've known for 20-odd years, they're still doing what they've been doing, and I would call them yeah. a friend, and then there's always almost a personal board. <laughs> afraid if i to ordering them, I've got a problem, they'd give me an answer, and they'd pick up the phone. But on the other hand, if you've got a product that you don't sell, huge amount of and you're just one of the many and you find out that they've got 150 dealers and they're trying to balance the plates each day that you're not going to get the level of service but to you you it's a massive problem to you at that particular time and you need an answer and it's very difficult to get that answer this isn't a conversation to generalize everybody because there is some very good communication that goes on i think some people have just got a little bit lazy i mean I'm sitting in my front room talking to you now. I would never have sat in my front room on a Monday morning. I had a meeting first thing and I thought, I need a bit of quiet space. I was just go home. Everyone's out. So I'm here. So yeah, cool. let's work from home. We have got the technology. So that's an example of I'm embracing the technology and maybe they are to a point that they were working to have an admin day on a Monday and a Friday and we only need to do our call on a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. So people have adapted their lives. So I don't know the answer, but it has changed.
0: Well, I think a big part of this is finding where the right balance is. And I think that's part of the issues that I hear all the time. It's this balance. you said there's some examples of great communication. And I think there's no question that pre-COVID, there was an awful lot of chatter around reps just turning up unannounced or why can't they make appointments. It was almost too much communication face-to-face because they were turning up at the most inopportune times. So it is about this balance, isn't it? Because there are positives to this, aren't there, Nathan? There must be time saved by doing Zoom calls rather than have to have a face-to-face
1: appointment. Yeah, I think so. And I I think it it becomes a lot more efficient. I think it's more efficient for manufacturers, for suppliers to get their information out to retailers across the board. I think there's a field picked up earlier. I think I always take it back to if we were looking at it with our clients, if you've got important information that needs to be gotten across, you can't convey that to them in the same manner as you would non-important information. And I think sometimes that's probably... Uh, a bit of phil's article and 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 what we're talking about here is is this ability to rationalize and and get across to the to the retailers what is important what is vitally important and what is just the day-to-day i'm ticking the box this is what we send out every single week we're all inundated today aren't we i mean everybody has multiple whatsapp groups and everybody has multiple social media and everybody is we're, we're taking in so much information i think um my bit always is I never agree with a, a supplier who would turn around and say, we sent that email, you should have read it. I, d- I think that's a bit of a cop out. You know, those days of ever re- having to go around to every single retailer to tell them that they had problems with dishwashers or taps or whatever it might be, yeah, th- th- those days are gone. The, the, the ability to get the information is really efficient and, and it gives us, to be honest, I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that we went through during the during the major parts of the supply issues where we had the information, we had the knowledge, we were given that two to three months in advance, and and that was all done blanket across the board. And if you've got it two to three months in advance, you can come up with plan B, you can come up with ways of overcoming those problems.
2: I think it depends on your organisation and depends on um, where that information needs to be. So I think the key part is for the Manufacturers they're representing to understand who needs that information. Now, if it's a supplier, if it's, I mean, we've got an installation company, we've got uh, a warehouse facilities, we've got obviously the um, sales representatives that so do need that information. So send any sales information to the sales, you know, the designers, send anything to do with logistics to the warehouse. Uh, Nothing to do with the accounts. To be fair, accounts isn't to be about. They tend to be accounts, accounts. But I tend to be cc'd into all of it. I don't need to know when a bit of a coming in, but someone into this job to find out. So there's certain information I get. It's just unnecessary. But they think, oh, Phil might want to know that. So we just tell Phil. Phil doesn't want to know that. i people to worry about that. Understand the company that you're... Dealing with and, and the size and... I mean, they're all different. There might be a one-man band. So, yeah, send in everything. That's fine. You need to know. You know, we've got contracts. We've got bathrooms. We've got all the processes. We've got all sorts of things. So just send the right information to the right person.
0: So look, Nathan, I'm a supplier. I'm one of your suppliers. And I've listened to this conversation. I thought, right, I want to keep Nathan as a client of mine. I want to be his supplier. I want to be in his showroom. So how do you want me to communicate with you? How would you tell me what it is that you actually
1: want? I think... um and that point Phil made is really resonates with me, actually. Uh, for, for me, I would want information put in terms of importance. Do we really need to know this? Is this, and this is where the rep, we go back to it, don't we? This is where the rep is so crucial because somebody sat in an office will never understand mine or Phil's business. Somebody sat in an office can't because everything is too generic. Whereas I ask my reps, I tell them, By now, you've known us well enough, you know our business well enough to know what you need to do to facilitate the path of least resistance. And you should be able to do that when I need to know it I'd rather you just rang me up and told me if you've got a problem that's going to be three and, and you know what I buy, you've got access to the figures and to the information better than I have. If I need to know it, you need to be proactive with that. Ring me up, let me know, let's get on and come up with an option to overcome it. One of the things that's really interesting there with what Phil says is he doesn't need to know everything. If we were talking to suppliers and you're giving suppliers advice, when we all set up accounts, We all know on every form that we get, it says, who should they contact for accounts? And maybe if I was a manufacturer or supplier, I would be saying, okay, who wants to be the lead contact for sales? Who wants to be the lead contact for after sales? Who wants to be the lead contact for for information and for potential problems? Whatever those things are. So actually, they're not just blanketing it they're actually directing the information towards the people because that's realistically what we're talking about is we all know there's going to be problems we all know there's going to be issues how is that communicated better well that is the role of the rep to say and and to rationalize that so not everything is just going to one person but it's going to the people if you get the information to the people who are most important you're going to have done your job aren't you
0: now being devil's advocate here from the supplier's point of view it would be impossible and hugely onerous to have different avenues, different channels for each individual retailer. It would be very difficult to set that up. There must be a certain degree of generic communication that all goes out in the same way. Otherwise, you would literally all have your own individual rep only working for you. So there must be uh, an acceptable level of blanket coverage. Does that make sense, Phil?
2: Yeah, I guess the actual rep who's sending out the information, he does know... Who our design so he knows what information he can see, see then in. so they all know there's a new bridge coming out of it, a new range of kitchen colour or something. So that can be done. And then I think internally within their organisation, the manufacturer will send the acknowledgement to we have people email addresses, so we'll have an order that's email address and then we're we've got a warehouse that. so if, to be fair, there's a certain amount amount that the Company will do and but they're the bigger companies, the smaller company, they will just send me an email to tell them that Mrs. Miggins toilet roll holder is coming in today by BHL and the driver's name is David. I don't need that information. So that's about a tech company understanding our business and sending that email to the warehouse because the warehouse manager needs to know where that went not I mean, all I end up, I get up first thing in the morning and end up having to forward half a dozen emails to the right people.
0: Yeah, I think so much of this is about appreciating that the beauty of independent retail is that they're all different and they all do things in a different way and therefore they all require things in a slightly different way and the suppliers that understand that the best are the ones that you have the best relationships with.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think um, maybe these types of conversations and these types of podcasts are good for manufacturers, suppliers to listen to. We are all different and it's the job of a supplier to adopt a system and a process that meets the requirements of everybody or as many as they possibly can. And certainly, I think my experience has been that good manufacturers and good good suppliers kind of gravitate to the most efficient retailers and vice versa. And so you end up with those relationships that are improved in the the more we have these conversations and then being across the board it's very difficult for us all we're all sat here doing running our own businesses and doing different things facing different challenges and the more we have these types of conversations and, and manufacturers and, and people get involved in in listening to what we all have to say because ultimately we're all after the same aim <laughs> we all want to be as efficient as possible and do the best for the end user Well, I
0: can't think of a better place to end it than that. Nathan, that's a fantastic point to make. So listen, thanks so much for your time. I think look, we're not going to solve anything here, are we? But I think, as you quite rightly say, these conversations need to be had in order to find where that balance is so that everybody gets the most out of this relationship. Nathan, Phil, thank you so much for your time, and we'll speak again soon. Thank
1: you. Cheers, guys. Thank you.
0: That was Nathan Damerill and Phil Beach. And all huge thanks to them, and this subject will run and run, I think. For suppliers, it's finding that equilibrium between the cost viability of personal communication with their retailers and the efficiency of email and similar channels. And there's clearly still a lot of suppliers working on finding that balance. As always, let me know what you think. You can find me on LinkedIn as Andrew Davis or email me Davis at taylistmedia.com. And that address is in the episode description. As is the link to the KBB Review Retailer Survey 2024. It only takes a few minutes to complete. And every retailer who fills it in goes into that big prize draw. Go to kbbview.com forward slash survey24. See you next time.